May the force. Force the force. Force 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 the force will be with you. Always. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Each week we break down two of the biggest stories that you need to know in the galaxy far, far away. Today, as always, I'm joined by Sydney Laurel. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Ready to talk some Andor. That's what we'll be discussing today. We're going to be talking about the previews and the reviews of the first three episodes that uh, many, many content creators and news outlets got to see footage. Uh, actually, watch all three episodes in the Andor premiere yesterday. Wow. So pretty freaking awesome there. As well as talking a bit about Rogue Squadron and the whole lineup of Star Wars movies that will be coming out. Maybe. Or not <laughs> coming out. Exactly. <laughs> so let's jump right in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. Let's kick it off with Rogue Squadron. Mm -hmm. Rogue Squadron was officially removed from Disney's slate of Star Wars game. No, not games, movies. Mm -hmm. Rogue Squadron was officially removed from Disney's slate of Star Wars movies. It was originally supposed to release on December 22nd of 2023, next year, mm -hmm. but uh, I think earlier this year they announced that the film will be delayed indefinitely, Oof. according to uh, many people. This article from Star Wars Newsnet says, while many expected this based on credible rumblings and the fact that it didn't enter production, it has now only been removed from the release schedule. So, Variety broke the news that Disney has opted to remove the film, which had already had its production start indefinitely delayed from its current release schedule. Given that the film needed to start moving forward as a major film requires months of pre-production, months to shoot, and months to complete in post-production, it was clear that the film was not making a Christmas 2023 release date. With radio silence on the film for months, it was obvious that the studio was going to put the project on the shelf, at least for a little while. Well, it wasn't obvious to all of us who didn't have that information at hand <laughs> if you didn't listen to last episode uh sydney we, we made a bet around a coffee and uh <laughs> i i expected like we would get to 2023 before yeah. that bet came to fruition mm -hmm. but they're like nope uh they made a bet on star wars uplink time to <laughs> time to prove sydney wrong <laughs> make a coffee bet come true <laughs> Oh, the stars are not aligned for me these, these these past weeks. Yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. Um, but pretty crazy. They made a huge deal about this. So Patty Jenkins is the director that was slated for this po uh, project. She directed Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984. Um, so pretty big names under her belt. Mm -hmm. But because of that, she is quite the popular director right now. Mm. So that's the reason why we're not getting anything from her uh, around Star Wars for quite some time. Is because, man, when you're just so successful, everybody wants a slice of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they sure do. Um, so that's that's basically what's happening. Is she is so busy with other projects that she is not able to make the time to create a Star Wars project right now. And uh, they've officially confirmed this. It's, it's sad with Star Wars projects. 
I think all of them, except for The Last Jedi, have had some kind of production problem. Mm. Whether it's directors changing, reshoots happening, or producers and rewrites and reshoots and rewrites and reshoots. Every single one of them has had problems, it seems. Uh, Creative differences is happening a lot with Lucasfilm and Disney and people that they get to do Star Wars movies. This article says uh, it was rumored that not only with the director's schedule... Remember that there were issues not only with the director's schedule, even though she had opted to hand the director's chair for the Cleopatra movie over to somewhere else, someone else while remaining uh, a producer for that film. But various unspecified behind-the-scenes issues with development. It currently appears that Jenkins is focused on her work on a third Wonder Woman movie, meaning that if Rogue One is still a project for Lucasfilm... It will either be another creative team or will be in a long wait for Jenkins' return. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. They had a, a, a huge deal with this because they they like uh, really awesome guy. Stephen Ford, he's a director, actor. His short film stuff is incredible. Love that guy. He was given some of his experience with a shoot similar to that. And the costs are, yeah, Alexa, renting out the location, the probably... 5 to 20 people that they had on set to run everything the special effects the post production the planning of everything it was probably a $150,000 project to just shoot the announcement for the project oh my dropping some serious cash on something that they're just like yeah no uh, good on that for a little while I think everyone's scared of Star Wars. I <laughs> honestly, I would be too. True. I yeah. would not want to direct anything Star Wars. I like. Let me rephrase that. I want to direct something for Star Wars, but I don't want to deal with all of the things required of that. Yeah, especially now too. <sighs> was it? Um, so Eric was saying that like. <laughs> um, it's almost like it's in its like adolescent stage right now, mm. like where they are in Star Wars. So it it just feels like I feel like teachers are even scared of like the middle schoolers slash <laughs> early high schoolers, and I feel like that's where we are right now. So it's like even even the people who are trained professionals are kind of like mm-hmm. this is a lot, and yeah, yeah. it's kind of where we're at. It's such a massive deal to take over anything Star Wars related, which I completely understand like i would love to direct something star wars but i don't want to deal with anything that's around the process of directing something in star wars or being involved with that but i think that's a good point because like it's such a massive thing they're they're going through so many changes growth it's so there's so much on the line for a project mm-hmm. and the fandom is hardcore Mo- so. more toxic than it has ever been i yeah. would say uh, just because there's so many fans with so many different views and levels and of levels, fam- fandom, yeah. so it's hard to appeal to everyone. Mm-hmm. You literally cannot no. appeal to everyone no. with a, with something that is as big as Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk a little bit about in just a second mm-hmm. uh, with Andor mm-hmm. and the the previews and the discussions that are being had around that. Um, but. It's interesting because I think Ron Howard originally said no to the project. He was originally um, approached for the prequels. Mm. Hmm. Uh, George Lucas, who's a big, uh, he's a a friend of Ron Howard's, approached him originally, was like, hey, you want to direct a Star Wars? And he's like, (laughs) no, thank you. 
probably wise. Probably. But also, we probably would have gotten maybe maybe a maybe a bad personal opinion. Probably would have gotten better Star Wars <laughs> with Ron Howard. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. But that's all right. Exactly. We got what we got. We eventually got it with Solo. He directed Solo. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. But that was originally Lord and Miller, Hmm. uh, who did the Lego movie and 21 Jump Street, the remake of that. (laughs) So, like, you have a bunch of these projects that are written with these varying amounts of strife, struggles, delays, reshoots, rewrites, all of these things. And I think the Lucasfilm isn't really making it a, a great place for directors. And they're trying to do that. They're they're getting top tier talent. Yeah. Incredible. The amount of names and directors that they're getting involved in these projects is just insanity. And then they ruin all bridges with those people. And they're like, nope, sorry. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to do the Marvel thing. Because I think hmm. I've I've heard this from a few people. Marvel is great for actors horrible for directors Mm -hmm. because you have to make a marvel movie yeah you can't make a insert director name movie Mm -hmm. you have to make a marvel movie and kevin feige i've been watching a lot of the assembled documentary on um disney plus where they go the behind the scenes of the the shows and the the movies on marvel and he even said this he's like oh yeah we approached him and uh um, with i think it was doctor strange like seeing if he wanted to make a uh marvel movie like he, he there is a specific way he worded it where it's like okay yeah that's why directors don't really like working with you guys <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. lovely very much a uh an actor's studio but yeah. not a director's studio so hopefully they fix a lot of those key pieces and they make it a director's studio because i think that's where you're going to find a lot of those great experiences but now let's switch gears take a little bit of a break, hop back in and talk some Andor, because I, I really want to continue this through line with Andor discussion. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. Quite a few people have had access to watch the first three, and some some people even watched four episodes, I think. What? Of Andor. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I saw different people saying, oh yeah, I watched three episodes. Oh yeah, I watched four episodes. Like, Okay, uh, which one is it? But um, people are saying it's more like an HBO show than it is a Star Wars show. And ho, 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 speaking my language. Mm-hmm. So the first two episodes are slower. Again, speaking my language. Yep. But the third, uh, I think Eckhart's Ladder uh, had a really good tweet about this uh, of his thoughts. Let me pull it up here. So Eckhart's Ladder says this. I watch Andor. It's very slow, and that may turn people off, but episode three has maybe the best ending of any Star Wars show ever. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I am so, so pumped for this show. All of the reviews that I've been seeing are, this is the best written Star Wars thing that they have seen obviously like we were talking about earlier you can't make a Star Wars thing for everybody a lot of people are complaining there's not enough easter eggs it's like you know what easter eggs are they're hard to find (laughs) they aren't like oh my gosh look there's that character from that one thing right in front of the screen I kind of felt like easter putting easter eggs in 
anything was almost niche like it was almost like, it was it's supposed to be yeah, like oh like, you're supposed to watch this five times before you notice that uh-huh. oh hey that thing in the background that's what this is from yeah it's not like i just watched the the most recent episode like two minutes and they have a new character and it's like Oh, but also in the background, there's this other character that they zoom up on. It's like, oh my gosh, that's the best Easter egg ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think we're, we've gotten a little used to Easter eggs being a little obvious. We, yeah. We've been getting the, into the kindergarten Easter egg hunt here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, not so much the adults Yeah, here. So. And this is a show that is designed more for... The adult Star Wars fan, obviously, it's going to have stuff for, I'd say, middle school to, to teenage years. Even, I mean, the crick, the showrunner even says, "Yo, this is a show for adult Star Wars fans." It's not like you're not going to watch watch it with your kids, really. In terms of, not like, oh my gosh, there's nudity everywhere, but no, there is um, not something that a child would want to watch. Obviously, it's slow. It's it's designed to be a slow burner and build up over the the season. So what you're saying, it's not Marvel. It's not Marvel. It's not Marvel. And I think the Marvel Marvelification <laughs> that's a hard word to say uh, of TV shows and movies. Though I think I think Loki did a really good job mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. And WandaVision did a good job of this, mm-hmm. of like the slow build. But with everything else, Marvel, it's boom, boom, boom. It's Thor, Love, and Thunder, where you have a joke every five seconds, or you have a, a cameo of something every five seconds. I think that's what Star Wars has been for so long. Mm-hmm. And then going from where you have like the Mandalorian cinematic universe, where it's stock full of cameos, fan service, and then you go from the exact opposite, where you're having to like f- pause, get a little magnifying glass, look in the corner and see, oh, is, is that like, what does that Orbash say in the background? Oh my gosh, or... Oh, hey, let's, I think it's, it's taking away a lot of the things that would detract or hide a poor story and then putting it right in the focus. You, you, you have to have good characters because you don't have the crutch of fan service to lean back on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people are picking up on, but not really able to really nail down. It's like, hmm, my favorite characters from the Clone Wars aren't in this. Interesting. Yeah. This is not good. (laughs) (laughs) On the contrary, it's fresh. Yeah, so there's that aspect of things, but man, Andor. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I would love to hear uh, you listening to this, your thoughts uh, on how you're preparing for Andor. I think we're going to watch Rogue One here soon Mm. so we can get the, the refresher and just go back to that glorious, glorious film. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of need to. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's it's um, obviously we're going back in time. We're seeing um, uh, I think five years younger Cassian Andor, a lot more in the trenches Cassian Andor. So I think that's going to be it'll be interesting to start with Rogue One, go back and see a lot more of this raw character, mm-hmm. and then end up eventually with Rogue One again. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Me too. Just like a quick fire succession here of uh, some of the people that got to see the preview. They're saying it has the best production values of any Disney Plus Star Wars series to date. Uh, It definitely has some intriguing moments starting in episode four. So they did watch four episodes. Okay. 
uh, has so much potential, but the first three episodes move way too slowly and could have been one episode is what this one person says. Um, but I, I, I always struggle with people who complain about the slowness of something because I think we're just so used to like TikTok life and things being constantly boom, 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 that I think we have to define that much more personally now. Like, what do you find slow? Mm. I mean, a lot of people didn't like Dune because of its slowness, but we both loved it. So good. Like it could have been two hours more and I would Mm -hmm. have loved it even more. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I've, I've heard it many times saying, oh, it looked pretty, but it was way too slow. I fell asleep mm-hmm. halfway through, which is something that you have to just take into account. Yeah, personally. it's not like it's bad or it's not like you're you're going to be wrong for it. It's just that's your preference and that's your taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Alba says this about it. I'm happy to say that Andor is friggin' awesome. The first live action Star Wars show to rival the Mandalorian, but it's so different. Driven by mood, atmosphere, and character, feels more akin to a dark Ridley Scott sci-fi joint. Love the first few episodes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is an interesting take. Andor is not what I expected. It's a mix of Star Wars Underworld and Lord of the Flies, <laughs> an odd pairing that works. Diego Luna, Adria Arjona, Arjona? I'm not sure. Fiona Shaw, Stellan Skarsgård, give standout performances it's action-packed yet a slow burn and i can't wait to see how it ends a lot of the uh, critics are calling it the best star wars production that Mm. they've seen on a disney plus show that it's rivaling that of the mainline movies even wow and a lot of people are just as i believe uh, Mm -hmm. we will be saying Mm -hmm. next week yeah are going to be uh, praising Tony Gilroy as a genius. I'm interested to hear, like, when you are getting ready for, like, um, a Star Wars show, mm-hmm. what are some things that you, you try to keep in mind? Uh, well, ever since Rogue One, I try to keep in mind the time frame. Yes. What time we are It's super important. As, as I, That's a good point, because I think as we slowly expand into varying directions with like Ahsoka is going to be in a different timeline than Book of Boba Fett was. Maybe um, Kenobi was in a different timeline than The Mandalorian. This is in a different timeline than The Mandalorian, even Kenobi as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a good point of like where in the universe are we? Need one of those like mall maps where it's like you are here, yeah. <laughs> but it's timelines. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is where you fit in all of this. Exactly. <laughs> so keep in mind that this takes place. So this is five years before Rogue One. Rogue One leads up to the events of A New Hope, right up to the events of A New Hope. So it's that like, I think it's the first year of like, um, like if, I think if you added Rogue One and A New Hope, that would be like a whole year's worth of con like timeline-ish. Again, don't quote me here. And then five years before that, this is taking place. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be a lot more important Mm -hmm. as we get further into more Disney stuff. Mm -hmm. So I also kind of go into these shows and movies and stuff kind of like... With it, kind of an op- either an open mind of like, oh, this is kind of Marvelified, mm-hmm. and like I just, try to set your expectations right. for it so you can try to enjoy it. Right? Yeah, I'm just trying to like 
is this really just for fun or is this like a serious watch that I'm like just trying to get my teeth into? <laughs> like I feel like Andor's going to be one of those like gnashing yeah. kind of like, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like something like Mandalorian, although it's great, it's also just kind of for fun. You know, I don't know. Like, yeah, or maybe it, it it's doesn't more take like, itself as seriously. Right, almost. maybe it's more like Boba Fett. That was Book of Boba Fett. But that yeah. one was I, I was also thrown off because I didn't expect it to be like that. Like I was thinking it was going to be more mm-hmm. deep. I guess. I don't yeah, know. I think it's always the first thing you should do when watching most things pop culture is set your expectations properly. Mm-hmm. Don't go into it expecting it. It sucks to be like this, but don't go into it expecting it to be the best thing since sliced bread, right? Or blue milk. <laughs> that too. Um, because you have to, you have to be aware of it's going to be telling a different story than you may expect it to. As we've seen consistently with like Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi, they are they're not trying to make the stories that you expect them to make. Mm. Hmm. they have something else that they're trying to do. Interesting, yeah. So they have different decisions that they're trying to make. They have um, choices that they're going to make that's going to be different than what if we did it. So I think that's always important. It's something that I try to be aware of, of like, okay, let's go into Book of Boba Fett with more of an open mind and saying, okay, what are they going to be doing here? What's this look like? Um, How does this take into effect? Mm -hmm. Um. But it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Because even with that, we didn't really enjoy Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. We're just like, we definitely yeah, didn't enjoy okay. Kenobi because I think we set our high, or our hopes too high because mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, it's Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think with all things, it's just context. Yeah. It's like, we just know the timeline, know mm-hmm. generally what you're getting into. Yeah. I think if you go into this expecting, you're going to find... Uh, Clone Wars characters, or you're gonna find, um, or a bash in the background that just says anything that leads into something other than Andor, you're gonna be greatly disappointed. If you go into this show expecting anything Jedi, you're not gonna be happy. Yeah, this is this is not this is not a uh, cinematic universe movie. Mm-hmm. This is Andor mm-hmm. telling Andor story yeah. in Andor's world. Yeah, or Andor. That's the dude, yeah, Skarsgård. So we, we watched, the they, they had a, a teaser scene <laughs> that they put up for Disney Plus Day or something like that. And uh, it was actually really good. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the whole flow of the thing. Yep. It looked gorgeous. Um, but Skarsgård, man. <laughs> uh, Stellan Skarsgård, I think is his name. Yeah. The Skarsgård dad. He uh, <laughs> he said Ander. 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 Is this something that, like, we've been saying wrong this right. entire time? No, I need to know. We just have to listen for it and yeah. see what everyone what, else says. Whatever Diego Luna says, yeah. that's what how it's actually pronounced. Okay. We'll take it into that that way. Mm-hmm. So More context. Keep this bookmarked. <laughs> whatever Cassian Andor, Diego Luna pronounces his name as, that's what we'll try to mm-hmm. pronounce it each time. Yeah. You want to make a bet on it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't win. Uh, hmm. Do we want to make a bet? No. I don't I'm know. good. <laughs> you can just buy me coffee sometime. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to cap this conversation off, 
go into the show expecting what it is. Like, set your expectations where they need to be. This is a show that's not going to tie into anything outside of Andor. It's going to be a really kind of slow burn cinematic storytelling. And it's not going to have Jedi. It's it's going to have hard to find Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. It's going to make you look for them. It's not going to make it easy for you. And uh, I think if you go into that, and just be aware that this is this is going to be a darker story. Diego Luna is p- uh, portraying uh, Cassian in a darker light because, yo, he's in the trenches. He is uh, he is in the midst of things that uh, he's been dealing with his entire life. He's got to survive, and he's got to make those decisions that are going to work. We're I'm ready so for close. some really good character growth. Yeah, that's what I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to. Even if it's like character a character growth in that's a bad different way. from the first to the mm-hmm. the last episode, it'd be great to see. Yeah, so ready for that. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. But I think with that, thank you all so much for watching this episode of Star Wars Uplink. Let us know your thoughts and hopes and expectations for Cassian Andor, Andor, all of the things. Who do you think is going to die? Is Andor going to die? <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> no. <laughs> unless come back to life unless he dies they clone him or make him a robot oh. and then the Cassian that we see in Rogue One is not actually the Cassian mm-hmm. that we see in this one mm-hmm. the Illuminati sound <laughs> <laughs> FBI is like yo stop this <laughs> there's the easter egg for you <laughs> um, but yeah love to hear your thoughts what are you looking for in this show uh what are your thoughts on the the reviews that have been coming out and the previews uh would love to hear your thoughts on that as always we uh, greatly appreciate your support leaving us a review would be uh, greatly appreciated on apple Podcasts, itunes or you can leave us a rating on spotify helps us out a ton it's always good reading those reviews and seeing what you guys think of the show and uh any ways that we can improve we'd love to hear it Contact at Uplink Podcast is the email that you should uh, reach out to us for any thoughts or uh, at Star Wars Uplink on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to hear your thoughts and what you think of the show, how we can improve, what you'd like to see more of. When you think Star Wars Uplink, what do you think? We'd love to know that. So Tell us all the things. All the things. We'd love to hear it. Greatly appreciate all your support. If you'd like to see more videos, or podcast episodes, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts completely free so you make sure that you get all of the newest episodes in your podcast player or in your subscription box. With that, thank you all so much for listening and may the Force be with you.